0: With such a limited time and to enjoy your watercraft, don't waste any of it worrying about how to protect it when you have it uh, stored for the winter. Allpointsinsurance.ca, Allpoints Marine on your coverage. Leave your worries at the door. All risk, agreed value protection, claims paid without depreciation. Winterization, freezing, vermin coverage that applies to right now in mid December. Everybody, uh, three year new model replacement, emergency towing, a loss of use, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Great coverage. At allpointsinsurance.ca for your watercraft. Thanks for supporting the show, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Here's Ray. A Pulp Network production.
1: Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app.
0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pulp Hockey Podcast with Ray Ferraro. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Get it on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher. Download it. Get it on PulpHockey.com. Also, uh, we'll be here each and every week talking about hockey. And thanks, uh, people, for all the nice words you say uh, at Twitter, at Pulp hockey, or, uh, or just on iTunes or whatever. We really appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line to uh, talk some hockey and educate us all on the game is former NHLer, Turn TSN color analyst. Ray Ferraro, what's up, Ray? How are you? Uh, I'm good. Lots is up. Um, you know, busy part of the year for for me.
1: Um, uh, today is Thursday, right? Yep, yeah. Thursday. Yep, yep. Um, so uh, tomorrow, uh, the 15th, I have a, my last NHL game uh, of 2017. I have the Leafs are at Detroit. And then on the 16th, Saturday, I basically turn everything over to the world junior Mm uh you know for prep and the tournament which starts 10 days after after that it's hard to believe you know another year's wound down and then um this past week uh chris cuthbert and i were amongst hundreds of people at um at a olympic symposium in uh in toronto for CBC and uh so Chris Cuthbert and I are going to do all the men's hockey in Canada yeah. uh, for the Olympics so we're we got the first step of that and I felt like this massive brain overload <laughs> of holy smokes now I got to learn that stuff too yeah and so I had to actually I'm not even kidding I, I don't know how everybody deals with you know, the days when you're like just, oh, my God, I got too much going on. Mm-hmm. I actually had to sit down and come to a a conscious decision of I'm not even going to look at the Olympic stuff until January the 6th, right? which is when the tournament ends. Because I found in that first day, I was getting notes on the junior guys because the camps are starting, yeah. and then I was finding stuff on the, you know, about the the players that will be in the olympics or might be in the olympics and i'm like what the hell am i doing <laughs> like i i'm going to be talking about the wrong guys in the wrong tournament never mind <laughs> exactly. on the wrong
0: team exactly and so
1: i had to just i'm like okay i'm thrilled i'm going to do the olympics i know the nhl guys aren't going to be there yep. but i don't i don't really care i i actually think in, in some way shape or form this will be a a terrific tournament yeah we talked Five, we talked about it before, yeah. five or six teams that's that great. are going to have a chance to win. And there'll be some guy that you don't know that you'll connect to. There's a couple of, you know, the Olympics are really about the stories of the athletes. You know, some guy that or, or gal that works in a full-time job that's training for the Olympics that becomes a speed skater that mm-hmm. wins a medal. And, you know, it's an amazing story. Well, there's there's lots of these on in the hockey side, too guys that have traversed around the world to play the game, yep. and we're going to find out about them. And that's kind of part of Chris and I's job, and every other commentator, really, for that matter. So we're looking forward to it. But, um, yeah, so that was the week. It's like, holy smokes, there's a lot going on all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I better buy my wife a Christmas present somewhere in there. Somewhere in there, right? Um, Yeah, that's awesome. That's going to be great. Now, you and Chris, you guys are doing every game? Every game? We're hoping to get a few off Okay. there is five days in a row
1: of three games. In oh, boy. Oh, boy. And if anybody, and I mean anybody, tweets me that I've said somebody's name wrong <laughs> in the midst of those five days, I will come and find you. Right. And, and I will make you, I will bring my game sheet, and I will make you Say everyone's name correctly on that sheet. Yeah, that will be your punishment. Oh man, I can imagine. Yeah, you, it, you know what's yeah. kryptonite for me, by mm. the way. Yeah, and thankfully this won't happen. But if Norway and Denmark ever play, <laughs> I don't know why. Right, I can't keep those two countries apart. Yeah, their flags are too similar. Yeah, they are the same mm. color colors. I, Gord, when I do the Worlds with Gord mm-hmm. Miller, yeah, he he is. Exploding with glee when those two teams play. He's, can't wait for you just to butcher oh, right, yeah. right. it. Like to see me so uncomfortable, I think you know
0: it just cracks him up to no end. Oh, what? And what about going to South Korea? Like, uh, what is like? I have no clue what that's going to be like. But that it's going to be so different, so 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 unique. You know? That'd well, be, that'd be great.
1: Um, one of the things we learned at the seminar, they said that it, on an organizational scale, the mm-hmm. country is about as organized as you can be yeah like if, if you're supposed to stand in one place for a line yep. stand there <laughs> don't stand two feet to the right <laughs> like it, it's it's very orderly very you know yeah. every, everything is kind of in its place um and so like we land in land in seoul and then it's like a two and a half hour train ride to guangdong where the ice uh ice cluster is yep. where the, Figure skating in the and the ranks, hockey yeah. are, yeah. and um, it it all looks relatively this... straightforward. I got to tell you, Houghford and I traveling in Korea might <laughs> be a be problem. A problem. <laughs> um, I, I got to say, I don't know who's better at it, but uh, I know that we're both worse at it that uh,
0: way. Um, international ice, I don't know what they yeah. have. Yeah. Okay. All yeah.
1: Right. Oh yeah. They um, anything in Europe is. Um, the Europe and Asia will be the uh, yeah. IIHF ice. Actually, when the <clears throat> when the rink comes to North America, you know that or the, yeah, Olympics the Olympics, in North yeah, America, yeah. it's a it's a different, it's a big difference. Yeah, the world junior, the world junior tournament, um, Canada does, for example, does way better on North American ice. Yeah, than they do yeah. on the European sheet. Yeah.
0: I thought I saw something in a Europe that. Was a hybrid of the two rinks one time. Yeah, that's
1: in Finland. Steve. Oh, was it Finland? Okay, there we
0: go. Right. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: in uh, Olympic ice is uh, two hundred feet long by one hundred feet wide, mm-hmm. and North American ice is two hundred feet long by eighty-five mm-hmm. feet wide, and the Finnish ice is ninety-two feet wide.
0: <laughs> of course, right? You're right?
1: Yeah, but you know what? The Finns got it right. Yeah. They're they're the ones, like, the 100 feet is too wide. There's too much dead ice. There is, yeah. yeah. Um, Ours, as the guys have gotten bigger, is like a phone booth. Mm -hmm. And it might not seem like much adding, you know, 15 or uh, adding 7 feet of ice, but it spreads guys out just enough that there's a little bit more room. And, unfortunately, you can't go and into a $450
0: million arena and say, well, let's just move the board seven feet to yeah, the right. Yeah, it's too late it for that. doesn't uh, work like that. Montreal can expand. I think Detroit can now.
1: I think Yeah, there's too- Detroit can. Yeah. There's there's a couple that can. Right, but yeah, no. Um, it'll never happen. But it's not going to happen.
0: Um, hey, Daryl Ray's going to visit us on the show, and interesting guy. I did a, a one-on-one podcast with him in the archives. People want to check that out. Really cool guy. But I think, Ray, he's made a jump from color to play-by-play, and that's almost uh, an interesting thing that I want to find out about. Like, that's a huge jump. Yeah,
1: I uh, I don't know too many guys that have done it. And, uh, you know, Daryl's got a got a great vocabulary. He's always been, a, you know, a pretty easy talker. Mm-hmm. Yet, I, I'm sure you have to change your brain from what you look for as an analyst as opposed to what you do as a play-by-play guy.
0: Yeah, something you want to do, Ray?
1: Uh, I would be interested in Would you sure, really huh but, yeah Yeah but the problem with it for me is you have to bury your opinion yes. because you're so busy yes, you calling do. the play Right And I I like having opinion I like noticing things and bringing them into a highlight it's it really interesting in you know on yeah. this one point that lots of people will analyze something after the game and they they write about it and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Leafs game the other night, um, Sean Couturier scored the game-winning goal, and he beat Connor Brown up the ice. Yep. And Brown wasn't quite able to catch him; he was in the wrong spot. Um, so there were articles written and people talking about it after the game. This is where I get the juice in the game. Is that I had to I had to get that then? Yeah. Like that's why yep. I've got yep. to get it now. Yep. And if I miss it. Then I miss it, like it bugged me to no end that Patrick Marlowe scored the other night, and I forgot it was his eleven hundredth point oh, like, yeah. i didn't. Yeah. i didn 't say it in the game, and uh-huh. it bugged me when I saw it <laughs> after I went, I hate that yeah that 's the stuff that keeps me engaged, sure. and i don 't know if so like when Drew made that pass right in front of me mm-hmm. through his own legs i don 't get to see it four times before make you know like I got to nap. Yeah, and and so I I saw that I saw the Couturier got by Brown that Brown was probably about a foot and a half yeah, away maybe it, from where he it, needed to be exactly and, yeah, it wasn't much but Steve I got it yeah and so for me I don't care whatever anybody else thinks like that's for them to view yeah. for me I'm like I got it yeah. yes right right that that felt good and I don't know I don't know what you get for the play by play although for the play by play like the. The guys that get their voices going up and down. Yeah. Yep. You know, they, they set the scene. I mean, there's a real, uh, an amazing skill to that. And the very best guys yep. have that.
0: Yeah, Bob Cole has that. And he's good at it. Well, he's very good well, at it. Well, the
1: guys I work with, I mean, yep. I cannot be watching a game. It'll be on in the background. i will be yep. doing something else. Mm-hmm. And Gord or Chris are calling it. And I can tell where the puck is on the ice. Yeah, yeah just by the way their voices are going, and you're like, oh, something's happening yeah, here. Yeah. And I turn around, and
0: sure enough, there's a rush. You just tell in their voice. I I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Daryl Ray, uh, people don't know, he you know he had a, a, a little brief NHL career, but um, got some injuries. I, I was at one of the games that he got hurt at, actually. We talked about it in, a, in our other pod. It was in Winnipeg. Um, but uh, also, too, he was a backup goalie for the 88 Oilers. He's got a Stanley Cup ring. And can you imagine, Ray, being a backup goalie to the 88 Oilers, like in practice every day you are facing these dudes.
1: Your, your confidence must have been <laughs> at zero. Like, how would you have a good day? Well, maybe if those guys were hung over or, or tired or something. <laughs> right, like, right. I mean, and, I'm, and it had to be an impossibility. He never played, and
0: then they put him in to play a well, game. Like, how right. would you ever do that? Well then I think I mean I would imagine back then Fear would get a lot of days off, right? He played so much. So they got a shooter tutor at one end and Daryl Ray at the other. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they weren't having a third goalie around like the guys do today. That yeah. didn't happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no way. Well, uh yeah, we'll uh, we'll bring Daryl Ray in. It should be interesting and uh, with that, let's uh let's bring Daryl Ray in. Uh, Dallas Stars play-by-play man, former NHLer, Stanley Cup champion from Fox Sports. Southwest, uh, he, he calls the action for the Dallas Stars. Daryl Ray, Daryl, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on.
2: Oh, my pleasure. Stanley Cup champion is a bit of a reach, but my pleasure. Come on. <laughs> hey,
1: like when you were on those teams, like was one of the years you played like like seriously? Did you start like three games?
2: Uh, yeah, about that, about that. Now, okay, seriously, yeah, Grant, you're playing behind Grant here. And Grant played every night, Andy was with the, it was 88, and he was with the, the Olympic team, and, you know, I, it's like anything, and I watch these young guys now, Ray, where they don't play for long stretches, no matter what the position, and I know exactly where they're at. You're not a part of wins, you're not a part of losses, your confidence just sewers, and then... And then you get thrown into a game and your coach or your GM says, geez, you looked a little nervous And you're like, Really? You think so? I haven't played in three weeks And then you get dropped into that and yeah, not as smooth as they as they probably should have been. Where I think nowadays they do every organization obviously does a much better job of uh utilizing their their American hockey league teams and trying to, you know, get some games in for guys and that. But it was it was not easy to do that back then, and when they did finally do it, I was already a mess. So. And then they traded for Ranford in the spring, so that was that year. But it was fun being around there in the playoffs. It was good times.
1: What, when you look back at that and think of the guys that, that were on those teams, like they were just so oh my god amazing. Like, what does it compare to today, or does it compare to anything we see today?
2: No, I, I don't think it compares. I think those days are are so behind us now. It's impossible to keep a group like that, and even that group, they, they didn't really keep together. There was a time after they'd won a couple of cups that guys started wanting to get paid, even back then, and there was no salary disclosure, so it was a bit of a mystery as to what you should be making. and And they made the, you know, they traded uh, Paul Coffey. You know, if they'd have kept that group together the entirety of it, it it would have been it would have rivaled those. What was it? The late fifties Montreal Canadiens teams or sixties? Yeah. Uh, where, but again, back then it was the same group year after year after year after year, and they were so much better than others. That Oiler team, they could take a period off. Two periods off, hit the gas, <laughs> and then annihilate the opposition in, in one period. Right. And to have that many Hall of Famers, among, you know, in that group, and just play the game so much different than everybody else was playing it at the time, uh, it was it was pretty heady stuff.
1: The uh, the one thing I would say too about that time frame compared to now it was a lot easier for guys to have more fun. Like now it's just, it's work, work, oh my work, God. work, work, work. And, and maybe talk a little bit about, cause that was a, not only just fabulously talented, but a team of enormous personality.
2: Yeah. And they, they had an understanding from a very young age that as long as you're winning, uh, anything goes. <laughs> you know. Almost, <laughs> And, and if you lost a game here or there, then you had to, Buckle down, but for the most part, it was, I mean, they won all the time, so uh, they loved to have a good time, and they that was just part of it. I mean, it was, honest to God, it was like being around uh, a rock band. It was like traveling with a rock band, <laughs> because in our sport, when you went around, you had you had the Justin Bieber of the day and Wayne Gretzky, uh, you, you know, and then you had Messier, who was like Mick Jagger or something. Like And they were so tight, and they played this furious game uh, where they they would just go nuts. I mean, there were games where when when Gretzky would really get going, he'd come back to the bench, and I'm telling you, he looked possessed. Like, his eyes were just wild. And if he had three points in the game in the first period, there's no question he would like to try to get nine. And the the athletic arrogance that they had, behind the bench and on the bench would just green light it you know it was like yep you're up where you go let's see what we can do here tonight so uh nowadays that, that that stuff just doesn't happen anymore right uh nobody wants to beat anybody by a massive score anymore you know you don't want to offend them and you you, you always want to Pull the reins back because you, you're going to have to play five games in nine nights. And let's look ahead. Everyone's too smart now.
3: <laughs> it, was much, it was much
2: better when, you know, he just sort of went, threw it out there, and, and went after it, and then moved on to the
1: next one. Now there's too much planning. We uh, we beat them in Hartford one night, eight seven, and you know, that, we that's played... very eighties. <laughs> right. Yeah, and we played like our hair was on fire they couldn't have looked less interested <laughs> at the mall right <laughs> at the mall maybe they were shopping before bought a stereo maybe a suit
2: <laughs> i don't think we're ever going to see that again though do you too bad
1: it's too bad really i is. i like i like that there's more goals i think that the slashing thing actually matters because scoring chances end up as a scoring chance and not a puck in the corner but there is some of the firmness of the game that has gone. I did the yeah. silly Toronto game razor. I'm sure you see this sort of stuff in your games, but I did one on Tuesday and there were actually two guys that apologized to each other. Cause they ran into each other going yeah. to the bench. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I was like, it's like the firmness is gone out of the game and you see, yeah. you agree. Oh, Absolutely uh you know
2: they're a lot of times they're playing for the bigger team which is understandable and and again i i just believe they're tutored to just not bother with the the junk as much and unfortunately a bit of the character is drifted out of the game because of that where it it's like high speed robotics out there uh, and every now and then you get dazzled by by some stuff but you know I, we had the game in in Brooklyn last night, and this, I'm, in, I'm just infatuated with, with this kid, Barzell. Mm-hmm. And, and yet he can't – like back in the day, he would, he would have been he's – already, he's already doing well, but he would have been tearing things up with the way he plays. He's almost like a throwback to great players from the late 80s where he wants to wind it back up again and see how many guys he can beat. And and the game, unfortunately, now just sort of takes that out of most. He's got a perfect coach for the style that he wants to play. I think yeah. Dougie Waite uh, is, is an awesome guy to allow them and him to kind of lean toward that style of play. But he can get crushed in, in today's game. It's so well coached, and guys are so adherent to positional hockey that it's really difficult to do that.
1: Doesn't he look like Danny Savard a little bit? Yes.
2: Yes. He's got that wide stance. He's whirling around the whole time. Um, but, you know, the back in the day, if you, if you beat one guy, don't you think if you beat one guy, you were probably going to get a soaring chance. Yeah. Now you can beat one guy, and there's another guy immediately there, and then a second guy is going to hold his ice over here, and there's going to be a stick position there, and then the goaltender is going to be a thousand times better than goaltending was in the 80s. And it's like, good luck. Hope it goes off a shin pad and in.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, Razor. In that little description, we saw, or I hear, a, a great example of why you were able to transition uh, really as smoothly as you have from color to play-by-play. Um, when when Dave Strader became ill, the, the great late Dave Strader, you moved into that position. Um, maybe talk a little bit about. The differences that you see as you view a game now, because you got to be going all the time, as opposed to an analyst. Yeah, it's it's very
2: different. Uh, you know, thank you. If it does seem seamless, it certainly hasn't felt seamless. Uh, but it, it is—it's a completely different animal because your focus is on on a, a different part of the game than it is as an analyst, where you're in constant communication with with the truck about what you're seeing and what you'd like to see on a whistle and so you're having that conversation more so than even a conversation with your partner in the booth probably or it's about 50 50 and when you're doing play by play you're so honed in on trying to be correct all the time I mean your job is is uh is who and what so you're who has the puck what are they doing with it and trying to be somewhat interesting and descriptive and the game i'll tell you this i, I didn't realize how uh rapidly the game gets played now uh as opposed to even probably 5 6 years ago uh, until i i did transition over there cuz you do you, you end up watching a lot right ray when you're when you're mm. doing color like you watch <laughs> you, you're not saying that much and you're watching and you're picking things out when you're calling it, you, you're on it. Like you're trying to keep up with the pace of play. And there there are a lot of little segments of time where it's almost impossible. And and that that's been the probably the biggest challenge with it. And trying to make sure that you're you're getting the right names with numbers and uh and not behind the play. Yeah, I, I find it fun. I, I find it a blast. It's it's you know, it's what happened with Dave. And I, I was so grateful that he got back last year and called a few games and did some playoff games because it was just good. For, it was good for everyone. It was good for him. Um, but, you know, going forward, somebody else is going to have to grab the baton and, and do it. So I'm very thankful that they have allowed me to take a shot at it. And uh, we're having some fun with it. And I'm, I'm pulling Letty along with me. The old that's a big stay at home <laughs> defenseman.
1: A big, that's that's <laughs> a big pull. That's a big man.
2: <laughs> you know, and it's perfect because I think at times he he comes at it, obviously from his perspective as a player, and he coached a little bit as well. And I, I like that. I that's one of the things I like about listening to you is a lot of times it, it it's not just the former player, it's it's smarter than that. <laughs> it, it's a guy that understands the game and, and
1: Oh. did we lose him?
2: Yeah. Right. We do this. Oh,
1: well.
2: am I there? You're you're you are now. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a transition. It, it's a it's an enjoyable one. And I, at the point I was trying to make about Lutz and myself is, at times you got, you you have two guys up there that can analyze at least two positions of the three positions on the ice, defense and goaltending, and not to overanalyze. Things because that gets done before, during, and after games around the league now. Uh, I think it can add a little something to it. I hope it does anyway.
1: One of the other things you do that people that don't see you enough or maybe don't follow you on Twitter, and they should, yeah. um, is your emporium. The, <laughs> the, the, where was the emporium born? And... I I laugh and you you know you've got the tie loosened off. You're lounging on the media bus after, and <laughs> I, it cracks me up. So where was the Emporium born, and who's at fault for that?
2: Uh, yeah, it's, we should blame someone. Uh, Tom, we'll blame Tom Holy, our PR director. Uh, it was a couple years ago, and and I felt at the end of games, I was on the other side then, uh, doing. The dark side, doing color and, <laughs> and uh, analysis. The smart side, the brilliant side. And, uh, yes, and I, I felt after a lot of games that I, I hadn't uh, said enough. Like, I hadn't gotten in enough. So I, want, I still had a statement to make. And I thought, <laughs> well, we, we need to move into this sort of uh, quick clip uh, internet world somehow. So I went for lunch with Tom Holy and I said, what do you think about this? And at first we were like, what do you think about, like five minutes? And he was like, are you crazy? People don't barely watch for a minute and a half on there. So we settled on three, and I try to keep it under three all the time. And we pick a man of the match. You know, instead of three stars, we go more soccer. And I pick a guy out of the game. We try to hit a couple of hot spots in the game have a little fun with it, and then move on. I'll be honest with you, though. When we first decided we were going to do it, I thought, well, maybe we'll fire it off on Twitter after games. And and if people want to watch it, they whatever. If they want to flick by it, I don't care. But it was, like, cathartic for me. And all of a sudden now it's on our website after games. <laughs> so there's pressure. <laughs> there's pressure to actually put something on there uh, that – that is okay for everyone, which is difficult sometimes, especially <laughs> late at night. Yeah, and uh, and have it be mildly interesting. So I hope it's now. And, and be, I stole I stole the name from CTV as well, right? So <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. Edna, you did. Ned that. and Edna had the Curio Emporium
0: back. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey,
1: now will you will you expand to maybe a little a little set behind you, like a little flag? Okay.
2: Of- okay. Listen, Ray Ferraro, they, they came to me in the summer and talked about doing a, a talk show, maybe bi-weekly oh or, or semi-weekly or something. And, and at, I said, look, it, I'll i will ponder it. And and I did it for a few minutes, and I was like, no, no, there's no way. I can't. No, not in a season where we travel all over God's green earth. And I, I said, I think the Emporium is going to be the extent of it at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now as you're traveling around your the Stars the team you cover um they made, they were the team that made the biggest splash this summer um I I picked them to go to the Stanley Cup final I get like I bought all in with it taking a little bit of time but they got some they got it rolling a little bit here what um does it look just like it's supposed to look or still some things that you see changing a bit
2: Yeah I th- I think it's still morphing my my sense of it is that you've had you've had a team that has been built and building toward uh and coached a certain style for four years, five years now. Uh and and so you're the personnel maybe a little and, and the tactics may be leaning a little more toward puck possession and up tempo and and trying to outscore mistakes. And now you you switch your head coach and there's a different manner that that hitch wants in play, and I think they're they're transitioning from one to the other right now and they've they've had long stretches of really good play, but it's as you know it's a it's a different style with with hitch It's a more territorial game uh it's predicated on on defending more so than than what can we put in the net at the other end. Uh, and and their offense sort of feeds off of that, and it, it appears like they're they're getting a better handle on it. And uh, early on, there were times when you could see, especially veteran players like Jason Spezza, is playing great right now. And I think early on, there was so much thinking going on with Jason that it was difficult for to be automatic. And it's a difficult game to play. And nowadays, when you're trying to think your way around the rink, it appears. And now, it, now he and um, many others look automatic. The defense is still young and still evolving, and we hear it all the time that it's, you know, it's not a microwave. They're going to have to go through some trials and tribulations, and they seem to be getting a, a better handle on the way Hitchcock and his coaching staff wants them to play. Early on, their their special teams dominated, and they won games that way. And now that's not the case. Their their power play is horrific. It doesn't do them any favors, but five-on-five, five, they're dominating uh, play. And that's more uh, Ken Hitchcock-coached uh, style of team. So they, uh, you might be right in, in the long run if they, they keep trending forward. And the other thing, Ray, is they've had to deal with uh, some injuries. You know, Martin Hansel just got back into the lineup. They've been without Mathot, who was a huge ad for them, the type of defenseman that they need. Uh, and some other guys have sort of been in and out of the lineup. So I don't know that they've had their full team yet. Uh, they're getting a little closer to that. Uh, and they're sitting in a playoff spot right now. And I, I think they're only going to get better as this thing moves along.
1: Last two games, Kyrie Lettman has played. I, I I don't know how I, well, I know how I missed this, but he got his 300th win in goal yesterday, which I, I'm like, wow, I didn't know he had that many wins. Um, <laughs> what's the deal in, in goal like bishop's been just okay that was another he's been great nine,
2: eight, he's one. been great at times and you're right he's, uh, other times he too i think is is uh, adjusting a little bit to new surroundings and and maybe a different way uh, of going at it and and again we've packed a lot of games in here and we travel a lot so they've needed to have two netminders going and uh, right now and really in a different role kari has been great and the last two games on this road trip, he's he's been outstanding and picks up a, a milestone win last night. So, I, I still, you know, they're going to go back to Ben. He's a you know, big ad, and uh, but it's just a nice luxury to have two two veteran guys, uh, who can win games for you.
0: Uh, one for me, Darrell, You talked about Hitch uh, earlier, and of course, we all know he won the cup there back in the '99. Has this second time around, has he changed as a person or, or as a coach, or do you see anything different in Hitch from his first go-around?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he he's lightened quite a bit mm-hmm. in his approach. Uh, You know, he's still, he, he still believes in what he believes in, mm-hmm. and, and he's going to drive it home. And they're all ears right now with what's gone on or not gone on around here, though the last little while, especially last year. So he's got a very attentive audience and it's like anything, you know, he sells hard. He's one of the greatest salesman coaches that this league has probably ever seen because he comes from that and uh, they have to have success in order for them to, to truly buy it. And they, they've had enough of it here now. And you can, you can see, I always believe this with, with Hitch, especially, and I, I coined a new phrase early this year is called hyperbole, where he'll be saying something and it'll be like, okay, is, is, that, is it really that important or is it that big a deal or is that true, is that really true? And uh, it is. There's, there's, a good, there's a good portion of it that is, but he can really dress it up, and that's purbole. And the guys now are, are starting to parrot what, what he is drilling into them, and I, I always feel that that's when a, a coach really has his group is when they are repeating the things that he has been selling to them. And, and you're starting to hear more and more of that around here. But I'm telling you, he's, he's as bright and he's into it as he's ever been. And uh, this, this means a lot to him to come back full circle. He knows he doesn't have that many years of coaching yet or left. Uh, he'll be 66 on the 17th of December. So, uh, you know, he's closer to the end than the beginning, and he'd like one good run with this team that he has always loved. Uh, just one more, more and see if they can do what Ray thinks they can do, and that's get to the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup final.
1: Um, a couple of years ago when he was in St. Louis, this is, I think this is a, you know, when you talk about hyperbole, purbole, you know, we, we're doing a playoff series, L.A. and St. Louis. And the press conferences after... The morning skates. I'd kind of a lot in my head. Okay, I need twenty minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the twenty minutes was a minute and a half for Daryl Sutter, and eighteen yeah. and a half minutes for Hitch. You'd, you'd ask the time. Daryl would tell you the time. Hitch would tell you how to build the watch. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's kind of the thing. When I listened to him, I was like, somewhere in there is the answer. You just got to find yeah. it. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, you gotta peel it back. It's it's a bit a bit like a banana. It's inside, but you gotta peel it peel it back and get the actual reason for listening. And and he's so good for our media in, in Texas, you know, to he gives them a storyline, whether there was a storyline or not, and they're free to write it up and he just almost spoon feeds the media. Uh not only is he getting his point across or messages across, but yeah, he's helping all the guys that have their phones hanging out or notepads in front of them.
0: Last one for me, Darryl. uh So in 1990, you played for the Hartford Whalers. There was a big trade on the team that year. I don't know if you were around for it, but uh, Ray Ferraro for Doug Cross- yeah. Doug Crossman. I mean, what was the room like when Ray left? I mean, how devastated was the group of guys? It was quieter.
2: That's what the room was. Much quieter. Uh,
1: that that sent the team where they were today, and that's into Carolina. I think that was the, fun, the beginning the of the old. end. Yeah, the beginning of the end. It was either. Why that did or you leave Francis Straight. Why
2: did you leave Ray? Why did I?
1: Yeah, because they told me to.
2: Uh, okay. <laughs> All right.
1: It had something to do with three goals and twenty five games and the fact that I hated Rick Lee and he he hated me too. I couldn't we couldn't even stand together. I'm like at some point I said to my wife at the time, I'm going to get traded here because the coach can't even say my name. <laughs> He's
0: disgusted with me. Oh, no, he hated me. I hated
1: him. It was perfect. You were you were beloved by your teammates though, Ray. Oh, oh there were times not.
0: that was the beginning of when ray when you started to learn about the business of the game right like you're you're like wait i'm not going to stay in hartford and win the cup and retire with one organization like wait what And one thing that i found out too when you get
1: traded you know it's not that easy to just move on i'm like well what do i do with my house like all my bank accounts are here i you know like i i was so out of any knowledge of what the hell the game was about until that I think first they still are though blacked. I
2: think they they still are Ray the difference nowadays how catered to are are the modern oh. NHL players like okay. they, don't pick one thing to, thing, they don't have to do like
1: one thing one thing that makes you go oh my god I can't believe it because I got one can can you pick one that you see that you go I can't believe this happens today
2: Oh, all the time. Mine's with food, but go ahead. (laughs) That that was going to be mine.
1: They walk in. They don't. The players don't make their own breakfast. They have a cook. No, at the rink to make them breakfast, and then when they leave, they take food. (laughs) Yeah, like like minimum salary. Well, sorry, I've traveled on the road. Minimum salary is about seven hundred grand, and they have to feed themselves one time a day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they don't just fade
2: away uh, to oblivion in the summer when someone's not spoon feeding them, <laughs> but they manage to get meals somehow. <laughs> when we're on the road with a team, now you remember back in the day, like you, you ate airport food. Uh, yeah. You know, you yeah. you were happy to stay at Marriott and maybe order room service after a game, and you watch them in you know, the, the amount of food and the times they get fed. It's it's almost like it's like a farm or something. They get (laughs) up in the morning. They don't have to go to the restaurant and have breakfast because there's a room set up for them. So there's breakfast with the regular patrons. Yeah. No. 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 And and the food's there. So then they go to the rink and the trainers in that have made shakes and what have you. And there's food there again. You know, healthy food, but there's food there. Yeah. Then healthy, they then they skate <laughs> after they're after they're done skating. Again, they make shakes and nutritious stuff is in the room for them. Then they come back. If it's a game day, there's a pregame meal, which we had back in the day. It was the only thing yep. they ever they ever actually scheduled for us. So they did eat you have
1: that. a team? Sorry, Daryl. Did you have a team take half your meal money for the team? Yes. Meal? What? Of course. No way. Oh yeah. Of course. I have to pay half your of meal course. money for that day. Holy and, smokes. and it, it
2: wasn't, it, the per diem didn't have three digits in it back then. So, oh, no. yeah. <clears throat> so then, then they go and have their nap, which we did. And they wake up and they have a snack room for them. So now they go down. They, they don't have to go to the restaurant or find something. They go down and there's a room set up and there's tons of food and fruit and coffee and <laughs> tea and everything else. Then they get on the bus or, or jump over to the rink. When they get there, again, shakes. Food, everything in there, and but then the kids, kids, bagels they bagels. Yeah, get their, into, on the get table. Get into the yep. game. They play the game, and then in, uh, most times now that we fly out after the game, nobody stays over anymore. So you get on the plane, and there's pre-flight food on the plane. Before, just when you get on, there's you know two rows of the plane where there's food laid out, and the same in the back where the players are, and then you go to your seat and you circle whichever. Of the three meals that are available that you'd like to eat, and then we jet off to the next city.
1: <laughs> uh, sounds, sounds That's a- why you don't see many coaches lose weight during the season. Yeah, or team broadcasters. Yeah, broadcasters. <laughs> hey, hey, like seriously, it's just everywhere you turn around, there's more food. You,
2: you have to have some major willpower if you're on any sort of a diet, and you're traveling around with a professional. Team right now, because there's just so much food, and I understand it. Like the guys are so much better uh, trained, and they're in tune with their body. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they they get fed good stuff. I mean, they're being fueled. We we used to just try, try to get rid of the hunger pains, and <laughs> and now they put stuff in their bodies that are actually going to help them perform at the level that they do. But man, they are they are just led around by a leash. All season long,
0: and Ray, you, you what do you what does the NHL stand for, Ray? You've saw oh, Never Hungry, Never <laughs> Hungry. Yep.
1: Oh, now I, I now Daryl. The thing I the love. Thing. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. The, the thing I love is when they
2: bring all the dads on on the road, oh. you know, and and now the dads are getting they're around our age, but when they started these these fathers trips, so they would bring, and the dads are just flabbergasted at the amount of food and and just how well these guys are treated when they're on the road, they're, they're just dumbfounded. And it's a bit of a reality check, I think, when they do come. So, anyway.
1: You mentioned one thing, um, you know, I touched on earlier. The guys have, I think they have less fun than we did because things were just so much looser and yes. back in that, in that wow, day. Wow, you
2: didn't have to worry about anything. Nothing. Uh, I don't, you know I don't I understand admit? how these guys even go and try to have a little bit of fun because it's going to end up on on uh, social media or on the internet somewhere, even if they're just, you know, being stupid one night.
1: Yeah, and which is, and they all know when a green light is, when it's okay to go, but, you right. know, I don't know, they can't. But the, this is the type of stuff I loved that they don't get to have anymore. So we'd fly commercial, you'd have to connect flights all over the bloody place. And so there was this game we used to play in the airports, you know, kill in time, you'd somebody would have sewing line, like so uh <laughs> yeah. thread, and they'd punch a hole in a dollar bill and put the thread through and then drop the dollar bill in the middle of the of the um, airport and just watch people go to try and pick it up. And then when you pick it up, right, you'd tug the <laughs> Tug the thread a little bit, and pretty soon this guy or this lady is trying to pick up this dollar bill they think is being blown by the wind, but it's one of our guys tugging the thread across <laughs> the carpet. Oh. It, it, I miss that stuff. I just oh, it was so fun when everybody would break up laughing. You, it, it was just it was so stupid, but it was so fun.
2: It was. You probably get sued now by the person that was. Going after the dollar bill. Yeah.
1: Uh, Do you remember Steve Weeks? Yeah. The goaltender Weeksy Uh was such an artist at the dollar bill trick. He went and bought um, thread in different colors, so to match the floor. Oh, yes. If you were on a red oh, carpet, wow. he had red thread. He was, oh, he was that a legend at the Dolphins, above that and is, beyond. That is next level. <laughs> it is, <laughs>
2: wow. <laughs> they, they must somehow find a way to galvanize uh, together. Uh, but it, it, I, I think it's probably one of the toughest jobs that you know managers and, and coaches have now is to have your group come together and try to keep them together and play for each other and just have the same team bond atmosphere i think the better teams have that i don't know how they manufacture it but it can't be easy because, you know and i'm not trying to sound like an old guy and i understand it's not just our sport it's it's everywhere but when when they go into games in that uh now i mean they're all uh in their own world they they have their headphones on and they go in and they Prepare that way. I hope they still shut off the music and have the guys all be in the room for you know 15 minutes before warm up, because that was always the best time. And uh, I, I hope that hasn't gone out of it, but it, it does seem very much more compartmentalized than than it was uh, you know 15, 20 years ago.
1: Razor, I got to tell you, we've taken up 30 minutes of your time. Uh, Only Jesus or, or more. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. And uh, always a pleasure. Always Steve a pleasure. Steve will have a parting gift for you, Steve.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'll be in touch, Razor. It's not. It's not just. Yeah, we 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 like to help help our guests out for for giving us such great information. Oh my God.
2: Well, I appreciate
0: that.
1: Hey, hey, on, Razor, Rain, honestly, you thank probably... you a lot. Keep the Emporium going. Keep entertaining us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll keep it going till the end of the year. I don't know going forward, but it'll
2: it'll stay on for the seventeen eighteen season. How's that? I like that.
1: Like that. All, All the right. best to your family. Have a great uh, holiday yeah. season, hey eh, bud. Yep. Same to you
0: guys. All See right, you boys. Th- thanks, Daryl. Yep. Good stuff from uh, from Daryl and uh, Ray. Now you're back in the cab, dri- driving back to the airport. <laughs> yeah, back to the airport. Had to take a had to take a break. Um,
1: Got in the cab. Yeah. Called my uh, my son Reese for his eighth birthday today. So he's, nice. he's pretty pumped. He's got uh, FIFA eighteen for their
0: uh, Xbox, so they're uh, they're already headed to the basement before yeah. school. Right. Right. Um, all right, okay, so hey, a few topics to touch on before, uh, before we wrap this thing up. Um, you were in Philly, called the Leaf uh, Flyer game. I missed the third period. Had to go to the uh, Canes-Knights game, which uh, yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury came back and played fantastic, so that was great. Um, what did you learn, though, about Nolan Patrick? What did you, did you think? What did you hear from people? He got. He looked like he was a third-line center guy, didn't get a ton of ice, 12 minutes. But how's that going? Uh,
1: this is what I learned.
0: First time I've ever seen him play live, by the way. hmm He uses a
1: very short stick. Okay. And 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 I generally don't notice that stuff. Yep. But it looked like a pitching wedge in his hand. <laughs> I was like, wow, that thing is small. That was the first thing. Um, he looks like a player to me that's a little unsure right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look, he only played 30 or so games last year. He was hurt a couple of times, unfortunately. Then he got hurt at the start of the year, and then, like most young players, just you know, trying to feel his way into the league. Um, I mean, it, it, it's unfair to say because it's just one game, but he struck me as one of those guys that could probably use to play more right. than he is right now. He's uh, got a, but he can't go to the American League. Yeah, I just don't understand why teens would think it's such a step back to play a year back in junior. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see the pitfalls to it. I really don't.
0: He's got to play more to play better, but he's got to play better to play more.
1: <laughs> <Right>? uh, absolutely. <laughs> and the other thing, Steve, is like, so, you know, people go oh, you go back to junior and you just dominate. How many people really dominate junior? Yeah. And if they do, again, tell me what the downside is. Yeah. I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't know that it's the best developmentally for
0: him doing what he's doing. Did you get a chance to catch up with Hexie and talk talk Wheat Kings?
1: Uh, not, yeah, a little bit of Wheat Kings because he was giving me the gears about uh, this one kid in Swift Current, Taylor um, who was relatively close to uh, my pace when I scored 108 yeah, goals. And yeah. It's not going to happen because... He missed three or four games, and now he's at the World Junior camp. Yep. And you know that record was predicated on lots of stuff, including <laughs> uh, I never went to the not game, being invited, so right? Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't miss any games. Um, so Hexy was enjoying giving me a couple of a <laughs> uh, couple of digs about that, and uh, so we were uh, yeah we had a good fifteen or twenty minute chat, and then I uh, ran into Hexy and uh, Chris Pryor, who's the head of their. Uh, player development, uh, player personnel. He's an Uh awesome guy. and uh, So we had a good chat after the game. It's good to see those guys.
0: For people who, I think it's funny, like, okay, I only got a small glimpse of this when we presented the silver stick to you uh, with Luke Robitaille, the Kings. And, like, I don't know how this is how it normally goes, and I can imagine, but you and Luke... All you did was bust each other's balls for 10 minutes. There was nothing like I don't know if that's yeah. how it goes with these friends and of course, but. Well, in a lot of cases, you just fall back into right. what was there. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, I mean, there are times where you you know, actually discuss discuss something of substance, but, you know, the first time you see somebody in yeah. are you know, their hairs yeah. all over the place. You're like, Wow, did you comb that with a pork chop? Like yeah. hey, how you doing? Oh, how's your family? Like right. it's the third thing you get <laughs> right, to
0: Right, right. Oh, I thought it was funny. Uh all right, so let's talk about my leafs. Um they've been getting a little lucky. Freddie Anderson has been out of the world. McElhaney played tremendous uh the oilers hit post the other night. Um they they they're getting their possession is not good. They're getting cratered in. It, it hasn't been good, man. Yet they've still put points hand over fist yep. into the into the bank.
1: And I, I, I don't think, certainly the coaching staff, they're not under the illusion that anything's going great. Um, but I think they're thankful that the points go in the bank. But you're always pushing, and how can we be better? But let's take a look at, you know, the Leafs are second or third, depending on the day, yep. in goals for per game. Most of that was in the first month of the season. When they were scoring, it was like a pinball game that was in mm-hmm. extra time. You know, it was just like, bing, yep. bing, 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 bing. And so, since then, they've not scored a lot. William Nylander's got two goals in 22. Mitch marner has got two goals this year. He's on yep. pace for like five. Yep. Right? Bozak's got goals in two games in the last 23. Yep. Uh, Brown is, I think, one in 12. Like it's not as fluid as it might appear if you're looking at it from, Mm -hmm. you know, a thousand feet. So, I, I mean, their goaltending has bailed them out on several occasions, but the goalie's allowed to be great. Like that's that's part of the gig. He's allowed to be great. Uh, I, I don't. I view this a little bit like a downtime of the season for them. Mm -hmm. Yet they, yet they still put points on the board. I think they will. I think they're going to be just fine. Like I think they'll the goal pending will come back down yeah. towards n- normalcy. Uh, but I think in balance some of their players will play better than they sure. have been. Like it will be time for them to reverse field a little bit.
0: No Matthews for a while and and but that's not even it to me cuz he was in the lineup and and you know kind of wasn't no, himself. That's not, yeah. I mean it it's part of it sure
1: yeah. because not only was he in, but he wasn't playing that great. Either. Right, right, yeah. Um, you know, certainly to to his standards. And so there's there's lots of holes in that lineup right now uh, of guys not yeah. playing anywhere near to what their level can and will be.
0: You know, uh, they won two nothing. I don't know, a month ago, two month and a half ago. I think it was the Kings and Babcock came out and said ah, uh, that's my kind of game I, I like that game you know that's how that's how you got to play so I blame Babcock because when they were when they were playing when he was getting upset at their, the way they were playing they were winning because they were scoring a ton <laughs> well he doesn't I'm, I mean coaches want to be in control of everything yeah I think
1: that the toughest balance for for this Leafs team is you have got a coach who you know coaches the way he does is always like to play a certain style. Even in Detroit, the guys in Detroit didn't love the style yeah. they played. Yep, And they were always constantly butting heads with guys far more accomplished than the Leafs have. You know, it, yep, yep. that's who did it, but he didn't love it. Yep. Sederberg did it, but he didn't love it. Nick Lidstrom, same thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you've got, you, they bought in because the team was what what it was. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is the balance between what you want to play like, which is creativity, and what the coach wants to play like, which is a a bigger picture.
0: Do you like, uh, Babcock's come out and said that Willie Nylander is a center. He hasn't played much center, although lately he's been, they tried him maybe I think three or four games at center, whenever it's on the road he moves back to the wing. I I honestly haven't been impressed with him at center though, I, I was stoked that he got that chance. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I I think it's a virtual impossibility to bounce back and forth between positions. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially when you're 22 years old. Um, you know, he's played one year in the league. This year hasn't gone very smoothly. Oh, good. Let's put you in a new position. <laughs> right. Like, how, how does that make how does that make the best position possible available for him? Like, whatever it is. Yeah. It's got to be one of them. And and putting him at center while Matthews is out is clearly a a temporary position, so I'm mm-hmm. like Matthews is going to come back and be the fourth line winger, right? Right. So D is going to go back to the wing. So I'd prefer they just leave him there. Do
0: you think he's paid enough uh, penalty and will be should be moved up soon, or is it get Babcock seems to really be putting him on? The, I mean, he's getting some power play minutes and all that, but I mean, come uh, on, Pete, his leash his leash is way shorter than Zach Hyman's, right. or Connor Brown's, or
1: Mitch Marner's, even for that matter. Um, why, and why uh, is that? Uh, because I think they see a wild list, an unpredictability in Nylander that they don't see in the other guys. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's,
3: yeah. you've
1: got Leo Komarov, who is, you know, of no threat offensively these days. Yeah. Um, you, know, he, you know, he's playing, the other night he played 21 minutes in Pittsburgh. Yeah, like, yeah. Those are minutes for
0: uh for knee <laughs> exactly yeah you i know, i don't, I don't you know, get so it I,
1: I don't know when that gets turned over, but i I think it will of it you know in yeah. short order
0: I honestly thought it would last three or four games, and it has lasted a long time now so yeah
1: uh, uncle <laughs> uh, so, okay'll give you an, I'll give you an example yeah Matthew Perot has got nineteen points or eighteen points in nineteen games in Winnipeg. He plays on the fourth line with Joel Armia and um Matt Hendricks.
3: Mhm.
1: And he's productive on the power play. Um so it's kind of the same role. Um so it is available. Like you can't yeah. do it. Yeah. The difference is, you know, Armia's got pretty good offensive instincts. Um you know, Nylander's on the ice most shifts right now with Matt Martin and
0: Domor. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, although the other night he was with Kadri and you know and they, they didn't get anything done.
0: Right. Uh, um the senators right now are are in the news and not in a good way. Eric Carlson, been, everybody's been asked for their no trade list. The owner was apparently upset that he said no hometown discount. It's it's not good right now in the nation's capital.
1: No, I mean they finally won last night and they, yep. they won with um, you know Zach Smith scored his first goal in I think 21, and Bobby Ryan got his second in 22. And, yep. Uh, Anderson was really good in that. So the things that they had to have happen did, you know, which haven't happened on a not even a regular basis. On a semi regular basis, hasn't happened. The owner's emotional. Eugene Melnick's emotional. He uh, he does have a little bit of hey, look at me yep. to him. Yep. You know, like look at all the good things I've done. Like he, you know, he talks like that a little bit. Um, uh, Carlson probably. Even though he was asked the question, he probably could have been uh, a little more diplomatic with the answer. Ah, but, yeah. but he said what everybody knows, like, a hometown discount, in my mind, is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Anybody that gives a hometown discount is an idiot. <laughs> because, and the reason I say that is that how many times have we seen over the last couple of years somebody with a hometown discount get asked to waive their no-trade clause? Yeah, yep, yep. I mean, in that one example, I, I, I mean, I, I think you can be reasonable. What's the difference between nine million and nine point five million? Yeah, you know, like I get that. Like seriously, what's yeah. the difference? Right. Um, but if the difference is between nine and eleven million, yep, over eight years, that's sixteen million dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah, there is a difference. Yeah, and so you're right. Uh, it's a math. They've underperformed, but I don't think they're as good as they thought they were going to be. They're somewhere. Yeah. They're not the 28th
0: best team in the league, yeah. but they're not the 12th either. Yeah, um, yeah, they're third worst right now. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Yeah, that's, um, that's been a free fall for them. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. We've praised them many times on this show. Um, they've been playing great, but Bo Horvat's hurt. Three, six, and one. Their last ten. It's a uh, little bit of a slide for the Canucks.
1: Uh, they lost four in a row, including a 7-1 debacle last night. Yeah. They got steamrolled, including P.K. Suvan's goal from dead center. Oh, right. boy. Yeah. That's a tough one. It didn't um, even bounce.
0: It didn't even bounce. It no, just... no. It hit him in the glove. He just missed yeah. it.
1: Nilsson missed it. and uh, So they've been outscored 20-5 to five in those four games uh, without Horvat. Um, now Berchi's out with a fractured jaw. Mm-hmm. Got hit with a puck. But those two guys out of the lineup shouldn't mean a total implosion. And so maybe there's, you know, maybe they outkicked their coverage a little early in the season and they're falling back towards what they probably are going to be this year. Yeah. But, you know, they they signed Sam Gagne to a three-year deal and they've got nothing from him. Yeah. Vanek's, you know, Vanek's had a decent start, but he's in and out. He is, he's Thomas Vanek. It's what yeah, like Thomas Vanek does. Right, right. You know, so um, they got a long way to go, but they're, Again, the, the future for the Canucks is, is brighter than it's been in a long time, and they need to find the balance between trying to salvage a season and development of their young players. Okay? Mm. And to me, development takes precedent.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a uh, – yeah, it's – Horvath's a tremendous player, isn't he? Like, he's coming into his strong, own. Yeah, strong,
1: powerful. Yeah. Uh, seems to be uh, the guy everybody thinks is future captain material. Mm-hmm. And um, and they miss them a great deal. They really do. And they don't have Brandon Sutter either, so two of their top three centers are, yeah. are out. And predictably, that's a, an enormous hole for them.
0: You Did you read Eric Francis's article, basically carrying water for the ownership in Calgary and, and talking about the Flames going to Houston, he thinks, in three years? Come on, give me a break. Well, I mean, it I could mean, happen, but I, I thought that was – you know they might as well append the flames
1: ownership behind that. <laughs> right. Um I I don't I don't like that in the sense that um some of the stuff is misleading. Um you know he wrote about uh somebody wrote a uh a other counterbalance article and they took a lot of his quotes and things and talked about why they weren't the same. Yep. Or weren't what they might appear to be, including the three million dollars that the Flames Foundation yes, delivers. Yes. Well, they raise that money; they don't donate. If they leave, somebody else will have a foundation that mm-hmm. good-hearted people donate to.
0: Yeah, it was something on the Athletic. Like it's a really good article. In the, on the yeah. Athletic, it was Kent. Uh, and and or so, um,
1: I, I, I don't think that they're, um, you know, they're in any grave danger of leaving. But I think. They absolutely want and need a new arena. Yeah. And so whatever the balance is in between there, yeah. that's between the mayor and city council and Flames' ownership to, to come up with. And how they do that, I don't know. But asking the city to put up hundreds of millions of dollars in this financial climate just doesn't seem like it's very reasonable Yeah, or, cor- yeah. or very possible. Whatever the deal is, Steve, it's there. Yeah. I just don't know what it is.
0: Just articles like that don't help, in my opinion. I'm just like, come on, man. You know, well, remember, yeah. remember when
1: the Oilers were walking around Seattle, yeah. going for lunch down there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. how ridiculous did it look? Right. Yeah. And um, and then Mario Lemieux was talking about the other day when they used to go for nice dinners in Houston and Kansas City when yeah. the Penguins were trying to get a new arena. Yeah, yeah. Like he talked about.
0: It. Yeah. Come on. You're right. Exactly. Um, all right. Let's. You got some time for some questions from from some listeners? Yes, I do. All right, here we go. Uh, From Fuzz Sanders. Uh, Ray, I was watching the Flyers game and saw you and and getting blasted by the puck, and Chris Terrian, by the way, who was in there with you. Uh, How often does that happen, and have you ever been hit? Uh, Yeah, actually didn't get hit with it. got
1: away from it. Um, Both Chris and I were running away like scared little children (laughs) uh, because the puck hurts, and uh, there's no real need uh, to be hit with the puck anymore when you're our age. So... um, I have been hit with a puck been hit with a couple of sticks been really fortunate that it's not been anything bad um i think the worst one was uh, i got conked on the head by uh somebody that got hit that one hurt but the most scary one is the way that i almost got hit the other night and that's where the pass comes from across the ice and you can see it start to wobble mm-hmm. on its way over yeah. and you're like man if that guy doesn't feel that clean I'm I'm going to get this in the chops yeah. and uh as it turned out uh that puck that puck flipped up and Chris
0: yep. and I were pretty lucky to to not get it uh all right uh from Aaron 34 best worst christmas gift
1: uh that that I've received, or yeah. like, how do we want to define it? Uh, I think that you've received. Yeah. Hmm. But, I know, it's such you, a thing as a th- worst Christmas gift. I mean, well, like a re-gift. Some of them you might go. A yeah, You might go. Eh. <laughs> know, yeah. Whatever. Right. You know, but at least the people thought of you, right? Yeah. True. Yeah. The, the, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think I, I think I, the worst gifts I've given though are the ones the panic buy. <laughs> on the twenty fourth, I couldn't even give you an example, but yeah. what, what generally happens, and and I will, um, I will plead uh, and throw myself on the mercy of the court on this one. When you're in there buying something for your wife late, and they they don't have the right size, and you buy it anyway, and go, ah, she can just take it back anyway, and she opens it, and you can see in her eyes, she knows, <laughs>
0: she knows. Yeah. <laughs> that she's like, that's the best you could do, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um Alright. Uh hey, Ray, with the injuries the Canucks have, should they go after Evander Kane from Burt Smeets? Love the show.
1: Um if you're going after Evander Kane, um, you're going after him in um for a longer like a, a longer Ter- yeah. Deal. term. Yeah. You can't you can't you can't just uh, think oh we're going to do this um, you know we're going to do this to try and save this season i mean that that's crazy that doesn't yep. that, that makes no sense whatsoever yep. so if you're whoever is trading for a van kane there's there's two ways to go about it you're a contender and you're looking at him as a rental um, or you're you're going to um, you know, you're going to trade for him. You're not a contender and you're thinking about, you know, a longer term yep, deal. Signing up, yeah. I, and, and, and I think, Steve, that the team that is going to, um, that's going to acquire him is going to be a good team. I, I think it's going to be somebody that's, you know, that is in, in that bubble of teams that, that could be yep. considering themselves as contenders. I, I don't. I, I don't think that you gotta look at a team and go, uh, you know, are they a contender or are they not a contender? Are they gonna are they gonna sacrifice assets uh
0: for Kane yeah. but they're not really a contender? Why would they do that? That yep. makes no sense. I would be scared shitless to give Evander Kane a long term deal for next year as a, you know, yeah, a UFI. you know what? <laughs> uh, the reason I would be is because of the mess that's been
1: around him from yes. time to time. Yep. Um but there is no mess now, and I wonder if that's just correlated to his, his contract. Exactly, status. exactly. You know, and, and I'm with you. I would be nervous about it too, but we haven't heard a whole bunch about him yeah. over the last little while. Because the guy is a good player. He's, yep. a, he's a hell of a talented kid. He's big, he's fast, he can really shoot. Um, but, of course, the mess is what you're... there's just Or the nonsense is what you're worried about.
0: There's just always Canucks and Kane because he's a hometown guy. So there's always noise around that. Oh, I know. Yeah, and yeah.
1: and that stuff doesn't matter one way or yeah.
0: another. Right? No team says... You know what we should do? We should acquire him because he lives 12 miles down the road. <laughs> right, right. Uh, from JO919, can you ask, Ray, what his thoughts are of him being a part of the outdoor game between Canada USA at the Juniors? And what are your thoughts overall on the outdoor games? Um, well,
1: as long as it's not weather like it was last Sunday in Buffalo, that'll be great. I don't <laughs> really care. I'll, I'll have a warm jacket on, and uh, hopefully it won't be 20 below. That's my thoughts on it. Um, outdoor games, I'm ambivalent on them. I get why they're important or interesting. And, um, you know, for people that say, oh, the NHL, they run their course in outdoor yeah. games. They have nationally because they're not, they're not new anymore. Right. But in the local markets, if you can put 45,000 people in, in a stadium to watch a hockey game and, and the local market or economy has fun, then I think you're, you're probably on the right thing.
0: To me, the next great game that I watch outdoors would be the first great game I watch outdoors. They're never good. The, the first one was. The first one
1: at Buffalo was. Buffalo-Pittsburgh. I, I don't know if the game was good. I'm gonna, now yeah. I'm going to backtrack. Yeah. It was fun. They're chippy. It was
0: fun. Yeah, the snow was falling. It was a shootout. I get that. but uh, Ryan Drury says, Ray, a lot of people think Alice Ovechkin is the best goal scorer of this generation. Who does he remind you of from your playing days? Uh, there was nobody that played like a Ovechkin. Like, nobody could. Well, I was saying bossy. I was thinking bossy.
1: But he's oh, not big. But yeah, but, you know. No, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. nobody played like Ovechkin. He's 230 yeah. pounds. He, you know, he used to yeah. run people over for sport. He,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the closest
1: guy would be like a power forward, maybe like Cam Neely, but Cam couldn't skate like Ovechkin.
0: Yep. Uh, he's unique. Uh, from Kestrel Scott, uh, to both of us, least favorite airport. I'll go first because I got time to think about it. Least favorite airport for me? Uh, where do you go? Speaking of Ovechkin, where do you go into DC? Right? I go into Dulles, and it's a hole. Uh, I try to go into Reagan. Okay, so uh, Dulles is really bad. Uh, Montreal needs a new one too. I haven't been there for years, but Montreal I've gone into a few times, and I'm not. Yeah, they're working. You
1: know. They've worked on that. that Have one, they? Okay, that one's moved a little bit. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Hmm. Wow. Dallas is so big. Yeah. I've been lost in that airport forty three times. <laughs> so that becomes not a favorite of mine. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that's you know, that's the worst.
0: O'Hare um, O'Hare for the O'Hare is bad, but only for weather delays. Like O'Hare is, yeah, is just yeah. terrible. But
1: um I'm just trying to go through the mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Worst airport. <laughs> huh. God, there's so many categories of words. Yeah, there is food, uh connection, uh, size. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm going to say Dallas only because it's, of its sheer
1: enormous footprint. Right. Oh, you know what? I what? got
0: it LA. Oh, LAX is a whole it is. It yeah. It's awful Yeah. And it
1: and to tie it up, it's enormous.
0: Yep. Yep. Um all right, from Dale Hunter's Helmet. I like this one. Uh, who was on your three-on-three team in Atlanta, and where did you guys finish in the pool? Which is, uh, go back and listen to Ray and Andrew Brunette uh, when we had Andrew on the show last year, and, and they told some hilarious stories of thrashers. Uh, three-on-three tournaments uh, after practice that are, that are great. Uh, my team was Chris Tamer and uh, Jeff Odgers Might not sound like
1: much, but Tamer was a defensive specialist. He would shadow the other team's best player just to piss him off. And Audgie would take slap shots, and nobody would say anything because it, nobody was going to say anything to Audrey. Right, right. And I would kind of buzz around and try and score. And we were very effective. We made it into the semifinals. <laughs>
0: Wow, I would not have picked that from that that those two other guys you were playing with. Absolutely. Well, Sean Donovan was uh-huh. the Wayne Gretzky of three on three. Yeah. Couldn't stop
1: him. Fast. fast. So Tamer yeah, too fast. Tamer right. took it upon himself to shadow him one day. We were crying. <laughs> we were laughing so hard because Donovan was pissed. <laughs> he was not happy.
0: Uh, all right. uh from uh Joachim Norberg, uh we'll wrap up with this. Ray's random NHLer, Mike Ricci. Mike Ricci, who was, uh, at one time, I remember, was in the hockey news. Everyone was like, this kid is going to be the bomb, play for Peterborough, and he's supposed to be the number one pick. And he ended up going fourth in that in that stacked draft. But uh, Mike Ricci, right? Uh, hard to play against. Um, uh,
1: chippy and scrappy and holding and hooking and... Really good on the face off. You couldn't look at him and not stare at that hair and no teeth and go, What the hell has he got going on? Till he was voted one of Denver's sexiest uh really? residents. Was he really? Yeah. And then of course the entire league was giving it to him about that. Yeah like, yeah. like who voted on that? Right. And, <laughs> and he oh, he laughed. He's a really good guy. Yeah. Really yep. good guy. But a very, very effective player. He never maybe became the offensive player that people thought he might be. Yep. But he was a very, very good player.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He he was supposed to be a scoring star, but he had a great career. You know,
1: a- absolutely. He was. Um, I run into him. You know, we all run into him. He's in management now, and he's always such an up- upbeat, uh, pleasant guy to be around.
0: All right, perfect. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to Daryl Ray. That's good stuff from, from Daryl, and uh, and Ray, you were off. You call the Leafs, uh, Red, Red, Leafs Red Wings on Friday, right? Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah, so tomorrow. I just think yeah. this podcast was from. My hotel
1: mm-hmm. into the car. and Now I'm at the, I'm at Air Canada, just about to check in. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a big podcast. We've traveled a lot today.
0: Yeah, it's really worked out, everybody. It's really good. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be here each and every week. Oh, right. By the way, I should say this. I'll just say this on the air. The week of Christmas, there's no show because I'm in Hawaii.
1: Yeah, the week of Christmas, there's no show because there is no show. <laughs> in fact, mean... that you're in Hawaii. That's fine. Everybody enjoy your holiday for you-know-what's
0: sake. Yeah. Well, we'll be back next week, but then the week after. Yeah, so. week, next
1: week's it, and
0: yep. then, uh, then it's time for Christmas. There we go. Uh, thanks, Ray. Really appreciate it. Enjoy. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, everybody, for
1: listening. We'll talk to you soon.